up everybody welcome back championship leadership podcast today we have shane pounder shane pounder out of toronto canada and he's he's a vp uh with a company called flip.com and flip.com essentially um, allows you to download an app to your your phone and you can find deals and coupons and and circulars that you might get from different stores grocery stores all kinds of you know target um Right, whatever it might be, especially in this time right now during uh, the Christmas time is when when uh, we were having this conversation with Shane, and uh, you can find out all the details, uh, the deals locally, right on the app of your phone. No more cutting out coupons and having to put them like my grandma used to do, putting them in their coupon holder. Uh, everything at the palm of your hand, and so it was a very fun conversation with Shane today. Uh, before we get into that, uh, as always continue uh, to go check out my podcast, all the other episodes that we have, as well as all the different events and programs that I have going on at natebailey.org. And uh, I hope you enjoy today's conversation with Shane Pounder. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. Championship Leadership Podcast. I'm excited for today. We have Shane Pounder out of Toronto, Canada, and I appreciate you being here, Shane. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I know you've listened to a few of these episodes, so you might know this first question I'd like to ask to really start us off, and then we'll get a little bit more into you know, you and your, your journey and what you're up to today as well. But Championship Leadership is the name of the podcast. What comes to mind for you when you hear Championship Leadership? What's that mean to you? Uh, it, it's a few things, actually. I, when I heard it the first time and I heard the question asked, I actually went through and, and I'd say my answer actually evolved a bit. Initially, I jumped on the champion thing and it's like, it's all about, you know, the fiery personality and the big people who are out there and, and pushing and yeah. leading and driving their teams. But then I sat back and I thought about who are those leaders that I've worked with that have really left an impression. And, and ultimately, for me, it came down to that whole idea of impact. A championship leader is somebody who has an impact. And, and that impact could come from a quiet place around helping you think through what you can do better, how you can improve. Um, and it could be that big fiery personality that's driving you and motivating you. 
but ultimately it's somebody who helps the people get from point A to point B um, and has that impact. And that, you know, you've got those people you run into in five years, 10 years, 15 years down the road, you know, you're going to look back and say, this person made an impression. This person made me better. And so it's the people who, whether in a brash way, in a quiet way, um, are able to force you to get better. Um, so yeah. that's what it's about to me. It's driving change and driving impact. Yeah, I love that. Um, really do. Because, yeah, everybody, everyone leads in a little di- different way. I think it, as long as they're being themselves, right, then it comes across as very genuine and powerful. So, well, let's talk a little bit about yourself and, and maybe, you know, for the listeners that don't know who you are, uh, give us a little background of kind of the path that you, that has taken you to where you are today, as well as, yeah, just let us know um, what you're up to and, and what you're all about. Uh, present day. Absolutely. So I'm a uh, small town guy, grew up here in small town, Ontario in Canada. Um, I was one of the kids grew up, uh, was reasonably good at school, um, went into engineering and kind of tried to figure out where to go from there. Uh, I did a bunch of different things. So I've shifted careers a few times. I've worked in healthcare. Uh, I went back to school for business. Uh, I worked in consulting uh, before working in manufacturing. So I've done a bunch of things. And, you know, if I look at the progression for me, it was starting as a project person, uh, doing a bunch of work, you know, just get the project, get in, get it done, move on, get in, get it done, move on. And there was a bit of a gap there for me and that I wanted the chance to work a lot more with people and to figure out what I could do to help people and and drive uh, the work through others. And eventually landed in my current company, uh, which is called uh, Flip.com. We uh, process circulars. There's an app. There's a bunch of different pieces to it. And here I was given the opportunity to lead a big team. Um, there was about 35 people when I started, um, increasing to about 80 uh, over time. Now I'm just over 100. And what's been great here for my journey is it's been a chance to figure out how to flex some of those leadership muscles. And, you know, how do you motivate people? How do you listen to people so that you can actually help have an impact on the world and make their lives better? Um, and so that's been a big part of my journey to here. So lots of different experiences, but ending up uh, here in this tech company where I, I couldn't be happier, quite honestly. Uh, awesome. It's been a great ride. Yeah. So uh, a little bit more about Flip.com. What, it, what exactly is it and what do you guys do? Yeah. So Flip, it's a free shopping app uh, and website that brings circular ads, coupons, and deals right to your phone so that you can plan your re- weekly shopping trip and save time and money each week. Essentially, we're trying to help families. Uh, we're trying to help make life more affordable for families. And so if you want to know everything that's on deal in your neighborhood, you punch in your zip code uh, and then it'll tell you all the, the different stores, uh, what they've got on at that time. So you can plan all of your shopping. Uh, this is in the U.S. as well? U.S. and Canada. Okay. Uh, we work with a lot of the major retailers in, in the U.S. Um, it's, it's a great app. It's really so no more great. clipping coupons like my grandma used to do. She had, nope. this, I remember she had the coupon like wallet that was like... <laughs> I literally remember this and she would clip coupons and have to sort out the expired ones and all that. And uh, so we've evolved from that, huh? Yep. So we've got some of the coupons and then we've got all of the, the weekly circulars that would normally show up in your door and your papers. Okay. Okay. Um, all in one, in one place. Yeah, that's great. Um, so you said a little bit about, you started with 35 members on your team. Is that right? Roughly when I started here about five now years you're a little ago. bit over a hundred. So yeah, maybe talk just a little bit about how, how you have evolved. I know you, you talked a little bit about it, but um, 
you know, that's a, that's a, that's a big jump. That's a big difference. And leading 30 people is much different. I can imagine than leading over a hundred. And uh, so what are some of maybe the, I don't know, let's call them the bumps along the road that you've had uh, that's helped that I would assume that you've used to learn from, to continue to improve as a championship leader. It's, it's been a bit of a journey, uh, I would say. So I, I think a big piece of it and, you know, talking a little bit about the organization, um, we've got a very young organization. So my team is chock full of millennials, Gen Z, um, and I am not a millennial. I've, I've yeah. just, I missed the cutoff on that one. <laughs> and so it was coming in and learning how to work with a, a different group of people because every other role that I've been into this point um, or most of the other roles, I've been, you know, the youngest guy in the room. Mm-hmm. And now I've gone full circle and I'm, I'm the old guy um, yeah, right. and definitely the old guy in the room. And it was learning how do you work with this crew? And what's been amazing about it is you realize that things have changed. Like I grew up in a command and control culture. Uh, at the start, yeah. you were happy to have a job. You thanked them and you did what you were told. And this generation is a lot more around, um, you know, employment's a handshake. Uh, yes, I'm going to do the work and I'm going to do great work for you. Um, but you got to come to the table too. And you've got to be invested in my growth and development. And you've got to, you've got to be transparent. You've got to treat me well. And, and I think that has been kind of the biggest learning for me as we scaled this team was that whole idea of authenticity. And that with this generation in particular, they don't want you to just give them the line. They don't want that party line to make them feel better. They're not looking to be placated. They're looking to understand, and if you can build that loyalty and you treat them well, they will work hard and, you know, they want to have an impact. And if you can figure out how to dial into that, it makes it a lot easier. And so at the start, I think we were working people too hard. And so we had to slow down and start listening and figuring these things out. And so started building out extra programs, like training programs, stuff like that, so that they felt heard, one, but two, we were investing in their success as much as they were investing in ours. It made a huge difference. Yeah, that is huge. And that's interesting to hear. And, you know, I mean, that's the successful organizations will actually take that time to, to listen and to realize, you know, to shift and make adjustments and mm-hmm. continue to move forward. So that's great. Who are some of the championship leaders that have impacted your life? And, and you know, I always like to say it's less about who they are. I mean, please do share if you're comfortable sharing who they are. But um, you know, what is it about them? What are some of the characteristics of championship leadership that really stood out to you um, from these individuals? So, so there's a lot of them and they come in a bunch of different styles. You know, I think back to, I had a uh, manager back when I worked at Maple Leaf Foods, which is a food manufacturer place. And she was, she was my VP and I reported into her. Her name was Linda. And it was one of those situations where I didn't realize how much she was helping me until three years later. And a big part of it was at this point, I was a project guy and I would just come in and, okay, let's do this. And then I would come in and I would run the meeting and, and, and it wasn't about kind of bringing anybody else along for the ride. It was, I did all my legwork and therefore here's what we're going to do. We're going to do this work. We're going to do this. And she took the time to step back and say, no, 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 no. Like if you're going to lead, you need to engage you need to figure out how to work with the team. You need to manage a stakeholder. You need to think this through. And it was something as a brash person, I was just like, no, 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 I got this. I got this. I just want to solve the problem. And she taught me that solving the problem wasn't enough because if you can't get people to get on side, if you can't build followership, they're not going to want you to lead them anymore. 
Yeah. And, and that was a huge impact on me and, and my style. The other thing I think she taught me, and this comes from a, another manager there called, named Joe that I had, was you also need to, you need to build followership. You need, need to be deliberate about it. And, and part of that is, is making other people want you to succeed, if that makes sense. It's, mm-hmm. it's how do you get cheerleaders? How do you get people invest in your success? By talking to them and saying, here's something that I'm not doing well. Can you help me do this better? And, and that's been huge around kind of that vulnerability and that willingness to say, I'm not very good at this. Can you help? And they taught me how to step back and be vulnerable like that and, and be willing to accept help and, and wherever it came from. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a couple. And then one, just to go somebody a little bit more public. I don't know if you've ever done any reading on Jane Goodall, but everybody's got their people that they that they follow and they, they really appreciate. So this is a, 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 the work that she's done, the work that she did in Africa when she was sent mm-hmm. there to work with the chimpanzees uh, by herself, trying to figure out how to build it. It's, it's amazing if you do the reading on, on the stuff that she's accomplished, but I saw her speak about uh, 15, 20 years ago. And what I appreciated about her was that ability to be a, she wasn't that person who came in and just kind of yelled and shrieked for attention. She spoke and then the room went quiet. And it was somebody who has that ability to build gravitas and credibility without having to demand it. Mm-hmm. And then through a bunch of little things is able to kind of build a story, build a narrative. And just you come out of it thinking, oh, wow, like this, this person's done amazing things. And here's five things I can learn. So that'd be somebody that I've done reading and I've been following their career on. And I just appreciate the style yeah. uh, of how yeah. she's looked at the world. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah. And I, I think it's important. Like you said, it's what you said about the first one of sometimes you don't really, really realize it until years later, but oftentimes those that do make that impact for you, they are people that you do remember for, for a long time, right? You can kind of continue to go back to the lessons you learned from them for years to come to continue to uh, help, help you move forward. So yeah, thank you. What's uh what's, what's the big, vision and impact that you have with you and what you're up to inside of flip. And, you know, it already seems like you've kind of taken, uh, I don't know if there's any other companies out there like this or not, but it sounds like you guys are growing and growing fast and it's a very unique uh, thing that you're doing inside of the industry. So yeah, maybe give us an uh, idea of what the vision, even short term, maybe five years from now, the impact you want to make. The vision is, is the vision as an organization is to help make life more affordable for families. Um, and, and that's truly at the, the, uh, the, the crux of what it is we want to get done here. Um, and it's all around finding deals, savings, any savings and deals content anyway, and being able to surface it in a way that can help people. Like we're seeing articles and articles out right now around how the pandemic has impacted people's lives right now. Um, we are seeing things that grocery costs are going up. And so we want to try and make it easier. It's, it's that simple. And so what we're working on right now is ways to help those shoppers save, save money. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're hunting out all the different deals, uh, all the different coupons, anything that we can find. And we're working on ways to make our app more usable um, so that people can, can get that stuff out there and get the benefit of it. And we're also looking for ways to work with our merchant partners as well to help them tell their stories uh, because they've got a lot to talk about in terms of making sure people understand you know, how they want to help as well. And uh-huh. so that's the big vision for Flip is to continue to do that and, and to continue to grow scale. So we're helping more and more people. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. 
so as far as telling the stories of the merchants, what do you mean by that? How does that work? So when you look at a, a circular that comes in the paper, they're trying to talk about whether it's a holiday coming through, whether they've got a, a certain savings program that they've got, a loyalty program, stuff like that. So they've got um, pieces that they want to make sure that their shoppers understand. And we want to make sure that's surfaced in a way that the shoppers can really interact with it and really understand and, and help make decisions around, this is where I want to go this week. Here's where I'm going to get the maximum bang for my buck, or, or this is a place where I'm going to be able to get everything I need. Okay. Yeah. Shift gears here a little bit, um, maybe more personally for you, it could definitely be something that that's happened while you've been inside of your current position with Flip. But, um, you know, what's a turning point or a critical moment in your life where, you know, obviously had you made it, had you not made the decision you did, you'd be in a very different place, but, but uh, mm -hmm. obviously you have. And so you are where you are today, but especially like you said, you know, people are looking to save money. They're also going through some difficult times some critical moments in their yep. life and they're trying to figure out which way to go. And it's always powerful. I think to hear others uh, from others and how they've, how they were able to choose and navigate those times. So is there a moment or two that comes up for you? Uh, I got a, a couple that I can talk about. And I'll, I'll talk about a work one first and then, then a personal one yeah. that kind of came out of the work one. Sure. Um, so back after I finished business school, I went into a consulting uh, role. And in the consulting world, depending on where you land and the project you're on, can take a lot of hours out of your week. And so I went in and, and started learning and, and I got tons of experience in a short amount of time. But if I'm being honest, I wasn't built for that world. Uh, so at one point, I think my record was I did uh, about 330 hours of work in one month, worked 27 days straight, um, wow. including falling asleep at a good friend's wedding because I just couldn't stay up. I was waking up at four in the morning to work and then driving to the client and then coming home and sleeping and then getting up and working again. Mm -hmm. And so there were a lot of pieces that came out of that one I'm not built to work like that. Um, I previously worked in, in a different setting where I got really great job satisfaction at like 40, 45 hours a week. Mm -hmm. And although I was learning a lot, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't at my best. Um, and so the critical moment there was hitting a point and realizing, you know what? They're not getting my best self. I'm not getting it. I had somebody that I worked with told me she liked me better uh, when I started than, than at the end because I was getting... I was cranky. I, I, my own mother told me on a phone call at one point that, you know, you can just quit. You can just leave. Yeah. And, and so it was kind of pulling all that together and, and through the stress and everything and finally realizing, number one, I'm not going to be an amazing consultant. And, and that was a big realization where I had to step back and say, I'm not great at this and right. I can't handle the work. It's too much. And, and I'm not enjoying life right now. Like I'm, I was pretty miserable at the end of it. Yeah. And so it was figuring out a way to leave. So that was kind of critical moment. One was stepping back and this job that I thought was the job that I wanted, yeah. having to step away and say, you know what, this isn't healthy anymore. So did you just leave uh, when you had that realization or did you kind of you know, take some time to make sure you had some things in place before you did that? It was a bit of a process. It was, uh, we talked about it. And then uh, eventually, I think I stayed for another six weeks to wrap up some project work and then hand off. Okay. And then that led to my, my other kind of critical moment. And, you know, I think everybody's got their physical things that they want to do. And so I, I grew up, I was, I was the big kid. 
um, through most of, of uh, high school, going into university or in college. And during my last few months at the consulting gig, I ballooned. Mm. Um, I, was, I was not my best self, let's just say. Yeah. And so at the end of it, I decided to make a concerted effort to fix that. And so when I left that role, I took a few months off, did some traveling, uh, and then uh, came back. And for that summer, um, I started walking, I started going to the gym, I started running. And between then and a year and a bit later, which I would kind of consider when I, I hit where I wanted to, uh, I dropped about 60 pounds. Um, and that was just through, instead of the normal kind of crash diet or whatever, it was a slow, deliberate, plan it out and follow the plan. Yeah. And ultimately, um, where it ended up was I was able to do a half marathon. And oh, so cool. when you talk about that critical moment, it's the, I started running and then all of a sudden I'm doing 12K and yeah. I, can, I can handle 12K. This isn't bad. And then I'm doing 15. It's like, and then somebody at work said, you know what? You should do a half marathon with me. It's like, <laughs> okay, why not? Yeah, right. <laughs> and then finishing it. And it was one of those moments where, because I'm not an emotional guy, mm -hmm. um, but I crossed the finish line and just this, this thing, it's like, oh, wow, I did that. I'm not yeah. what I am. And it's hard to put that behind you. You still think about it. It's like, no, I'm still the big kid inside. But being able to do that, that was a huge accomplishment for me. And, and it was life-changing to be able to say, like, I just did something athletic. I would never have done something yeah. athletic. Yeah. It was pretty cool. That is cool. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. Um, are you still a runner today? Uh, I am. Uh, so that was about 10 years ago that I did okay. the first one. Then had kids and the running kind of slowed down a bit. Yeah. But actually, it's one of the benefits about the, the pandemic, because we're in lockdown right now in Toronto. Right. I can still run and near my house is a lovely river with some great trails. And so uh, this summer I started at four kilometers, got back onto it. And then I was doing, uh, I did a couple 20 kilometer runs, 22 kilometer runs uh, uh -huh. by the end of it. So Very cool. that's kind of my release. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Appreciate that. What, uh, as we start to wrap this up, if there were one or two things you could give to the listeners that if they were to implement today would help them move their life forward today, what would that be? I'd, I'd go back to the thing I talked about earlier around uh, getting people on your side, building cheerleaders and, and being willing to be vulnerable and say, you know what, somebody told me I'm not good at this. Maybe I'm not good at this. And I'm going to tell these three people around, you know, here's something I want to get better at. Can you help me? Can you sit in that meeting and, and can we debrief for five minutes afterwards? And can you tell me how I did and what I could have done better? And it's that being vulnerable and getting people on side. It, it makes a huge difference in terms of your development because you're giving those people permission to be truthful to you. You're mm -hmm. giving them permission to invest in your success and, and then you can give that gift back to them. Um, so building those people, those trusted people are huge. And I'd say the other thing is don't be afraid to lean into your strengths. I think we focus so much on what we're not good at and, and it's like, okay, I'm not a great public speaker, so I'm just gonna public speak here, there and everywhere without realizing, you know, I'm a darn good problem solver. Maybe I yeah. need to do that because it's those strengths that are actually going to push you farther. You make sure the weaknesses don't hinder, but you need to lean into the strengths and you need to keep building those up and sharpening that because that's where your differentiation is going to be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Agree with that 100%. What are a few of the ways that we can, the listeners can find out more about obviously Flip and uh, mm -hmm. I, if, you know, if there's some ways where we can follow you as well on social media, let us know that. 
Sure. Uh, flip, uh, flip.com. Uh, you can go on there, but you can also download our app off the uh, iOS store, Android store. Uh, download it today, get a look at it. And then for me, I'm on LinkedIn. That's kind of the only social media other than, you know, creeping some people on Facebook to see uh, family pictures. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we'll get that linked up. Flip is uh, two P's, correct? Two P's. F-L-I-P-P. All right. So F-L-I-P-P dot com. I imagine there's going to be some people, including myself, and we get that to my wife because she does the majority of the shopping in our home and, and uh, she definitely is looking for those coupons. So I appreciate you coming and taking some time today. It's been a, a great honor to have you here and, and it's been a pleasure to have a conversation. So thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera. I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable from my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years of marriage has never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm gonna be a leader.